Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sci-Fi Unchained. Really quick, I wanted to invite you all to join our social media just to keep up to date on any channel announcements, as well as our Patreon page, Sci-Fi Unchained Stories, where you can find tons of exclusive content, such as science fiction short stories, science fiction treatises, concept art, videos from old episodes. So if you enjoy the show, hop on over and support the channel. It'll create a whole bunch of new and exciting opportunities. Thank you guys so much for your avid listenership and support. Now enjoy the show. All right, let's get into it. Bad Batch Episode 5. So this is another plot development episode where the Batch picks up their first mercenary job for a Trandoshan woman named Sid, which the Batch thinks is rescuing a child named Moochie. Turns out it's an adolescent rancor that was stolen from Jabba the Hutt by Zygerian slavers. It's a very fun episode, <laughs> at least for me. Um, it is speculated that this is meant to be the same rancor that Luke kills in Return of the Jedi, though it is not confirmed to be so, as that rancor was called Patissa in the Aftermath books. However, if this is another minor retcon, I really don't care because the Aftermath books were garbage in my opinion. Uh, the, the Batch takes out the Zygerians, frees some slaves, rescues the kid from the rank, the, the, the kid Rancor, and delivers it to Sid and Bib Fortuna, Jabba the Hutt's major domo, and uh, the, the same Bib Fortuna that would take Jabba's throne after his death until he was later deposed by Boba Fett at the end of the second season of The Mandalorian. All the while, Wrecker is dealing with a massive headache due to him hitting his head in a previous episode, which is thought to have jostled his inhibitor chip and is causing it to take control of him at some point, which will create a massive problem for the Batch if, in fact, Omega turns out to be Force-sensitive, as we have seen um, that it does not matter to the, cloning's, the, the, the clone's programming if they are a Jedi or not as they tried to execute Order 66 with Ahsoka and Maul as well. This episode would also lean towards Omega being Force-sensitive, as she just kind of walks up to Sid and says, Hey, you're Sid. <laughs> Who, by the way, seems to be a broker of uh, weapons, armor, information, and uh, Wookiee pelts, judging by you know what's around her office. The Django Fett-style blasters, the Wookiee pelt, Mandalorian, and the clone helmets seen around her office. So the clones go to her for information on Fennec Shand because Echo pins her as an informant that the Jedi used to use. And after they deliver the Rancor Moochie, she informs Hunter... Uh, who Finnick Shand is and gives Hunter a data chip with all the intel. And actually, no, she doesn't. She just straight up tells him that she doesn't know who Finnick Shand is working for. She, But she does give him a decent amount of credits Bib Fortuna gives her. But she informs Hunter who Finnick is that she's ruthless, a newcomer, but she's she's quickly working her 
way up through the ranks amongst her bounty hunter peers. She she also talks down to the batch in a funny way by asking if they're fresh out the tubes. <laughs> and Wrecker's like, oh, who collects the payment? Oh, hey, it speaks. <laughs> I, I, I love the... I don't want to say more adult, but definitely more mature humor that this show has than the Clone Wars. Clone Wars had its fair share of mature humor, but the Dave Filoni is definitely seeing that his audience is far more either young adult or or. Uh, people a little bit older rather than teenagers or children. And he's still, of course, making the show for like kids can enjoy it, but he's, it's clear that he's very aware who the core audience is. Right. And if this episode did anything for me, uh, it helped me like Omega even more or Omega. Uh, she has this adorable moment with, uh, with Wrecker where she, she kind of high fives him in the background whenever Sid says, well, it's clear the kid is the brains of this operation. And I, I very much like the way that this show is quote unquote shot because that moment isn't like brought to a close up or it's, it's not, it's left in the background where we can still see all of the other characters, but we see this main interaction in all it takes is two seconds between Omega and Wrecker. And it, it makes me like the show even more because we're, we're not jumping around constantly to different focusing shots. We're, we're keeping on the, on the main shot of everybody, but we see all of this stuff in the background. Right, like Wrecker is squatting Gonky, the Gonk droid, in the background at the beginning of the episode, and it's not focused on; it's thrown in there. And I, I, I think that also lends to uh, my previous comment of this show is very much for a more mature audience. Right, we don't have to focus in on certain things to get the details. We, we don't have to have a, a moment for everything that the show wants you to focus on. It can just be there and you can pick it up. Right? So she, Omega also um, is given Crosshair's comm link. Right? And they're like, oh, well, he's not using this anymore. May as well have it so we can keep in touch with you in case you get kidnapped again. And, of course, o Omega's still a child, so she's using the comm link as a child would. And Echo and and Tech are like, no, 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 this is not a, it's not a toy. Don't use it like a toy. And, of course, she does. And all of the batch kind of look at her, and she's like, oh, okay, yeah, not a toy. Got it. She's very much trying to act like one of the squad in a much more active role. Um, because when they get to the far side of Ord Mantell and they see all of the 
slaves captured by the Zygerians. She she very much has a gung ho, let's get them kind of attitude, and and she wants to get right in the th- uh, in the thick of it. But her brothers order her back to the ship. Right. Now, whenever the batch gets captured, because of course they do, uh, she has to steal her herself and and set about the task of trying to figure out how to free them. She ends up freeing the Rancor instead, and uh, this gives them the distraction to uh, allow Wrecker the moment to like break open his restraints and free everybody, and uh, Tech and Echo set about freeing all the other slaves. Uh, by the, and I, I can't mention how it, it, enough how much Wrecker is my favorite character. This guy, <laughs> he he's squatting a droid. He name drops a very important planet named Kuat, uh, which is a, a a shipyard planet where where most of the capital ships in the galaxy are built. And he he fights hand to hand a adolescent rancor, a rancor, the giant thing that Luke fights in in Return of the Jedi in a kid version of it. Rancor's, I mean, Wrecker is fighting it hand to hand and keeping you know himself from being torn apart or thrown around too much. He's he's standing his ground and. He tires himself out, and he tires out the Rancor. Like th- this is easily my favorite character. He's hilarious. He's stupid strong. Uh, he's, I mean, he's good with kids, right? I mean, Cut Laquane's kids call him Uncle Wrecker, so he's he's clearly one of the more lovable characters of the show, easily. And this episode also has people wondering uh, when we'll have a much more exciting episode like that of episode one again, instead of these more plot building and story establishing episodes. I do like us being shown more of the galaxy that is familiar to those of us who have kept up with the external materials, right? Like seeing Ord Mantell or uh, like some of the slaves that were freed were Faline, like the, those uh, sort of bluish green characters that uh, comprise the criminal organization, the Black Sun, that we saw in the Clone Wars episodes where Darth Maul took over the organization for a while. Uh, or like Prince Shizor in the old EU, who set himself up to be Darth Vader's sort of adversary, to be uh, the Emperor's right hand man. Uh, we get. Trandoshans in in a more underworld style fashion rather than just see them be hunters and, and bounty hunters uh, or or barbarian style right and we we get a Trandoshan that doesn't have like that thick hissing accent and she's she's much more of a you know, backroom dealer, uh, 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 information broker. She she's much more like a grief cargos kind of character from the Mandalorian. She's not 
a fighter. She's not a warrior. She like most Trandoshans are. And I, I kind of like that too. I mean, we we're we're getting to see a lot of things in the galaxy that that we wouldn't normally get. And new places and new stuff, like what we got in the Mandalorian, that's awesome. That's great. But I would still like to go to places like Kuat or Fondor or Corellia. And when I say Corellia, I don't mean what we saw in Solo, which was just like the slums of it. Corellia is a majorly important system (laughs) in the Star Wars galaxy. Um, Corellia is a system where you have all these uh, shipyards. You have Centerpoint Station, which deserves its own episode, to be honest. If, if you don't know about Centerpoint Center Station, it's this enormous super weapon that controls gravity and can move planets and create black holes. It, it's massively important in the old expanded universe. Though I agree this was an episode that was less exciting than I would have liked, I still very much enjoyed it. It was an adventurous episode, and... It's if it wasn't there, or rather, if this kind of episode wasn't there to help show the relationship building between Omega and the rest of the batch, then I wouldn't feel as scared or as or uh, I wouldn't feel the anticipation as much whenever she, of course, is going to be put in danger later on, say, against the Empire and Crosshair or other bounty hunters. The the thrill wouldn't be there because the connection wouldn't be there. These kinds of episodes are important for that reason, right? You, you need the build, and I get it. It's a slow, steady build. And we're a third of the way into the show. It's only going to be 16 episodes. I get it. But this show is is playing out very much like a book to me. Where you, you have all of these very necessary chapters. And uh, what was necessary that came out of this episode? The Batcher Mercenaries now. Uh, now they have good relations with with people like Sid, who can get them work, and uh, they've curried favor with Jabba the Hutt because they've rescued his pet Rancor. Um, we've we've seen uh, Omega, you know, take on her first daring role in rescuing the Batch. We've seen her be smart and and good in situation in like very life threatening situations like this. Um, though I do think it's important to point out that she is far from perfect. She's far from a Mary Sue. She's the things that she does. They're not immediately met with gratification or success. 
like how she ran from Fennec Shand in the previous episode, uh, she was still in quite a bit of danger. Uh, even whenever she does things to get away from Fennec, she still winds up being in plenty of, of a bad situation. It's it's not like she's immediately safe or she outwits her opponent be, because she's going to be this character with immense and thick plot armor. Of course, she does have some because, you know, she has to survive at least for the rest of the story to be played out. But there is danger and there is sense of not impending doom, but at least threat, which I very much enjoy. But yeah, that's, uh, that's all I had for this episode. Um, I can't really say much else. It was much more of a, a, like I said, not an exciting episode, but it was fun. It was serviceable and I enjoyed it all around. But that's all I had for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for tuning back in and stick around for more Sci-Fi Unchained. But for now, live long and prosper, my friends. And may the Force be with us all.